You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, it is Friday, and I'm freaking jacked, but because... All the kids are asleep. I can't yell and scream like I normally do on Friday podcasts. So this is as excited as I'm going to get for this podcast today. Um, the weekend is upon us, and I actually might be able to uh, do some food plot work this weekend as well as check some long-needed trail cameras, uh, make sure that the batteries aren't dead, and uh, I've been itching to check them for about a, a month now since my last card pull. So uh, I just want to see by now they should be all done growing and uh, just I'm jacked up and uh, speaking of trail cameras that's going to be kind of a segue into today's podcast now we're going to be talking with John Livingston he is the creator of some deer hunting software called Deer Lab now I'm not going to tell you what Deer Lab does because it is in it's in the podcast. He talks in depth about uh, how he designed it, how he uh, created it, and um, how it works and how it can help hunters. Whoops. I, I talk with my hands, so I knock over my microphone every once in a while. But anyway, so he he hooked me up, and he, he got me a trial period, right, for uh, for this deer lab. And so for the past four hours, I have been uploading uh, photos to deer lab and uh, I can already see trends in deer movement on my farm. So uh, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm, I try to stay unbiased on, on things like this. But uh, if there are statistics that can show me where I need to be at a certain time of year or even, you know, rounded down to a date and a time and a wind direction, then uh, I'm all for that. And, uh, you know, from just just playing around with it for a little bit uh deer lab is uh, uh might be able to help me do that so I, I have about uh 10 more hours maybe even more of just uploading uh trail camera pictures into that system and uh hopefully the more information i put in the more information i can get out of it but that's just me telling you a little bit about my experience with it um, since yesterday, actually, when when we actually recorded this. But, uh, yeah, there's that. Now, John has decided that he wanted, wants to take part in uh, 
you know, do a little giveaway. So he's going to give one year trial period or a, a free year to uh, the winner of this week's giveaway. And uh, in order to win, you have to listen to the entire podcast all the way until the end. And I will give you information how to get a, a, a free subscription to this uh, website. And uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's really cool. So before we get into today's podcast, this Happy Friday podcast, you're going to hear from Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras on how the guys from Exodus use their own trail cameras. Well, you know, Chad and I are a little different. You know, I don't know about a lot of the listeners, but we hunt really big woods type areas and the deer that we're hunting probably don't let us get away with as much as, you know, a lot of farmland type deer do or, or Midwest type deer do. Um, but what happens is we have a, we have a theory or a method that we call the wheel of fortune method. And without getting too long winded about that, I'll sum it up in a couple of bullet points, which are one, we are running our cameras for one specific deer at a time. I think a lot of people run their cameras in areas where they're trying to get pictures of deer or pictures of mature bucks or whatever. We are running our cameras for one individual and trying to learn what he is doing. And I think that that goes a long way for, for really trying to pattern and kill a big mature deer. Two would be, um, we're using a lot of natural left sign or terrain features. So we're, we're using scrapes, rub lines, um, terrain features, like I said, saddles, benches, that kind of thing. And then also bedding areas, bedding points in, in the hill country that, that we really think one of these mature deer we're after is using. Um, we're hunting a lot of public land, so we can't do bait piles and that kind of thing. So that's a big part of it. And then the last thing would be, we are not taking the data that we're getting from our cameras and using that in the year that we're hunting. I mean, there are times when that helps. Absolutely. But Typically, what we're finding is that the data that we're getting from our cameras when we're hunting these specific mature deer does not serve us well until the years to come. And when we're really putting that puzzle together, so to speak, and we're trying to go in and figure these deer out, um, we find that three to five years of, of data collection is really what it takes to put a big mature buck in the big woods down. As always, if you guys want to find out more information about Exodus trail cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com and uh, learn more about their cameras. I mean, they have uh, the five-year warranty, which is unheard of. They have uh, a theft uh, and damage return policy, which is unheard of. And uh, their cameras function really well as too so uh there's no reason not to check out their trail cameras and if you do decide to purchase a trail camera enter the code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you will receive twenty dollars off of your order so there's that go visit the website and now let's get into today's podcast with john livingston of deer lab all right. On the show with me now is John Livingston from Deer Lab. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I tell you what, I really, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Okay, so like my my trade outside of the podcast world is I'm a process engineer, right? So I have to uh -huh. use statistics um, and uh, use those statistics to. Uh, determine a process change or, uh, you know, if, if this is happening a certain number of times and it's uh positive, why isn't, why aren't we doing that for everything that comes down the pipe? Or on the other hand, if, if 
X equals a negative, then we got to make sure that negative thing doesn't happen. So statistics and numbers are a determining factor on how I do my job daily. But what a lot of people don't know is statistics and numbers can actually help you pattern deer. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So before we, (laughs) before we get into uh, a little bit about what deer lab is and all that stuff, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, where you're located and uh, I guess what, what else you do for a living? Sure. Well, thanks, Dan. Um, I am based out of Jacksonville, Florida, which is on the East Coast, real close to the Georgia border. And, um, you know, I do Deer Lab, which is takes up a lot of my time. And I also have a web development company. Um, I've been pretty much on my own for the last 12, 13 years. And um, I work in the hunting industry as well as um, just normal, you know, everyday businesses. Um, so, Pretty much that's my life right now. I've just deer lab now that the season has started with everybody getting their trail cameras out. Um, that takes a lot of my time. Um, just ma- handling support and different things like that. Right. Okay. So how was your uh, 2016 hunt or excuse me, your 2015 hunting season? Pretty miserable. Um, <laughs> Florida is not blessed like you are in Iowa. Um, but no, it was, it was actually okay. It, I, I um, shot a doe on the last hour of the last day um, on in the 2015 season in Florida on the property that I hunt. Um, this year and last year has been a little bit different because previously I was hunting on a different property, which is adjacent to the property I'm hunting on right now. And it was about 800 acres. And the owner of the property decided to make it a cow pasture. So all the work that we did – um, of getting these deer in and food plots and all sorts of stuff were completely leveled and we had to kind of start from scratch. And so that's kind of what I'm, what we're doing right now. And it's actually been kind of fun, but as far as the hunting successes, um, it hasn't been great. So did you make it out of the state to, you know, like to Georgia or to any other of the Southeastern states? I did. I actually went to Southern Ohio and, um, hunted in November up there. You know, I was uh, hunting with two friends, actually two guys that you know, um, the Exodus guys of Exodus Trail Cameras. And um, so I got to spend some good time with them and just uh, be in the woods. And Ohio, Southern Ohio is very different than Florida. (laughs) It's uh, it was um, a lot more hillier than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was tough hunting. I mean, you basically are hauling in, we were doing public land and kind of haul in all of your stuff. And I didn't know the area at all. And so the first day, basically, um, you know, get out of my car and, you know, it's four in the morning or so. And Matt just says, Hey, you need to go up this way. And he's just kind of telling me where, where to go, but he wasn't in the car and so he told me that, you know, the previous night. And so I'm just hiking up in the dark and it's pretty steep. And uh, it took me a while to find the location to to hang a stand. But um, it was definitely a uh, learning curve. Um, the first day I saw I had a big doe just run under me, but that was it. And then um, the last day I hadn't seen anything. And I basically was just like, please, you know, Jesus, let me see something. And <laughs> and uh, I had the coolest experience. Um, I set my 
stand in a different location um, further down the mountain, but it was still up near a ridge. And I was debating on do I put it towards the top of the ridge or do I come down a little bit more? And I'm a big research guy and I read a lot and everybody says don't do the ridges. Do a little bit below that if you can. And so that's what I did. I, I took it down probably about 40 yards. I had my stuff next to a tree that I was thinking about getting in and I decided to move down about say 30, 40 yards. And so I did. And I had this buck come out and I would guesstimate around 160 range, somewhere in there. Now I could be totally off because I'm a boy from Florida who, <laughs> you know, a 160 deer looks like you just don't get that in Florida. So right. I could be off on it, but it was, it was just the, he came up right on the, on the top of the ridge. He was 60 yards away. He would have been a 20 yard shot from the location that I initially had my stand leaning up against the tree that I was going to get, get in. And, um, he came right by there and I watched him for 10 minutes. He did a couple of uh, scrapes and rubs and he was standing on the top of the ridge and it was just blue sky behind him. And he stood there for 10 minutes looking for does on the other side of the mountain. And it was, it was awesome just watching him. So to me, that was a I'm not used to being in front of big deer like that. So that was just a, a really cool experience. So that kind of made my 2015 season. Um, I haven't been hunting that long. It's, um, I'm only on like year six. So I'm not the experienced hunter like so many other people are on, on your podcast are. Yeah. Well, I tell you, doesn't that piss you off when you go in and in a way you kind of second guess yourself? And you're like, oh, man, I, I read something here or had an article here or, you know, I had an experience here where it drives you away from your initial gut feeling. And then you see, like you said, that 160 class buck walk right by, you know, your initial <laughs> tree stand setup. And I, I've had times where I'm just sitting there in the tree cussing myself out because I'm like, you dumbass, you should have went with your gut and then you ruined it because you overthought it and all this stuff. Yeah, you know, I was shaking just watching him at 60 yards. <laughs> so I don't even know if I could have had a shot at him. I mean, I was just like it was it was a great experience. I mean, for me to be new at at, at bigger deer like that, um just seeing seeing him and just trying to control my heart rate just watching yeah. him knowing that I didn't even have a shot. And I I drew just I wasn't going to shoot, but I just drew just for a practicing session almost. Yeah. To where I could try to, you know, calm my heart down and kind of get a bead on them, and uh, it was hard. It was it yeah. was difficult. So we had a guy, uh, Walter Lee, is his name, and he uh, is from Florida, and he was on the podcast a while ago, and uh, he talked about he, he lives in the Panhandle of Florida, right okay. over, I think by Pensacola or somewhere like that, east of there, and uh, you live closer to the Atlantic coast in Jacksonville, what's the deer like hunting? Like, I mean, are, are you getting quality? Are you getting, cause some people tell me that, you know, Southeastern, Southeastern, uh, Georgia is pretty good. Yeah. I would say Georgia would be better, at least from where I'm located. Um, you know, it really depends. I think, I think you can have decent deer for the area. I mean, you just have to put the work into it. Um, I, don't own property, so I'm hunting on somebody else's land that I can't do a ton of work on. Um, I've been the last two years. I've been kind of hunting swamps, and that's really where, 
it's so hot. Like I'm, I was out at the farm this past weekend and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was, it was so hot. I mean, I was just, it's, it's just unbearable. And so by the time you get in your stand, you're completely dripping sweat. Um, and it's difficult. And so the deer are going to be smaller, you know, they don't have the weight because they, they're just trying to be as cool as possible. We don't have the, the issues of them trying to put on, uh, you know, extra weight for, for the cold. But, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get into cooler places, and the swamp is really kind of where a lot of the bucks will hang out if you have that in your area. And, um, you know, they'll be in the water, and um, it's nasty back there. You have some – the mosquitoes are typically bigger than the bucks, but uh, it's, you know, it's it's um, it's a different world of hunting. Um, but I would say smaller – I mean, when just to kind of give you a idea of a, a good-sized buck – I mean, you're looking at maybe 120, 130, 130 pounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, obviously different places have different, uh, that you know, that the range of the whitetail, it always, in, you know, it, I find it very interesting. You know, you have a buck that can be fully mature and be 120 pounds. And then for, for me up here in Iowa, a yearling is easily 120 pounds. So... Uh. It's, and it's and even further north they get bigger, so that that just uh, I find that really interesting. That's really hard to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you when uh, when Deer Lab makes it big, you can move out of Florida if you want to, and uh, you know move to a state like uh, Illinois or Ohio because there's, yeah. no there's no deer in Iowa. I can't tell you how many times I've actually thought that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deer Lab. And now we're going to switch it and uh, start talking about your baby here. Um, let's just start right at the beginning, you know, from the, you know, the concept, the idea, what made you decide to start some kind of deer tracking software? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that I haven't been hunting long. It's been six years, and um, it's kind of a cool story. Um, I kind of give credit to my wife, um, of all people, um, for Deer Lab and just getting me into hunting, even though I've always wanted to bow hunt. I've had this I, – I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I didn't have uh, many friends at all that hunted, but there was always something int- intriguing about bow hunting. And um, I remember going as a little kid to a friend friend's house, and his grandfather was a rena- renowned uh, hunter in Africa, and just had—I mean, their whole house was just full of animals, and um, just it really intrigued me. But uh, anyway, long story short, I was on a date with my wife. I was uh, telling her we have we at the time we had a one year old son, and I was telling her how you know I'm getting older and I want to do something to where I can really be with my son more um, as I get older. And um, at at when I turned 15, my dad turned 40. When I was 40, my son was one. So there's like a 14, 15 year difference there. And so I told her I really wanted to start hunting, but I felt like I was you know. Most people, they grow up and they have a tradition of hunting and they know all this knowledge. And And I really was kind of starting from ground zero. And um, But I was kind of timid a little bit as far as getting into the getting into hunting, specifically bow hunting. Um, but that's kind of what I told her. I was like, you know, I'd really love to do that. Well, two months later, 
it's our wedding anniversary, and she gives me a Matthews bow for our anniversary, which was what? a shock. I mean, it was I was like completely blown away. She is a CPA. She um, typically will give me a gift maybe under $50, and so I don't really expect <laughs> too much. <laughs> Your wife really loves you, or she's a robot. Yeah, exactly. So she, you know, she got me in this pattern of thinking, you know, I'm not really expecting much, but um, she surprised me with this Matthews bow, and she basically gave it to me, and she's like, I'm giving this to you under one condition, that you take your son hunting and bring home dinner. And so... That's kind of where it all started. I had this bow. I'd been shooting down the street with a friend um, before that, so I didn't have my own bow. And um, she went out with a, a friend, actually the friend that his grandfather was a really good hunter out in Africa. And um, he picked out the bow and had it all done for me, and it was it was awesome. So I'm a big researcher, like, like you mentioned. Um, excuse me. I'm a big researcher and – I just started diving into every article on the web as possible, getting books. Um, you know, I was big into all the QDMA stuff. Um, there's tons of different resources out there that I was getting into. And so I would read and read and read. And I got into trail cameras. I started putting more and more trail cameras up. And as I was looking at these trail cameras, I was doing a lot of manual stuff. Like I would have an Excel spreadsheet and I would put together, okay, times when this buck hit you know, this camera and just trying to bring it all together, trying to understand from the weather patterns to, you know, is there any consistencies with this buck as far as how he's moving, how he's traveling, the locations he's in, and just trying to ask every single question I can to learn more about it. And as I was doing that, I was like, you know what, there's a ton of information in these photos, but it's really hard to pull out, and especially if you put them in a folder, you lose all that information, especially when you, if you're wanting to aggregate from different cameras and all that. And so I started to kind of just think up of – I had this idea of Deer Lab, and I went out on the web. I looked for different software out there, and there was one software that I, I found that was um, – you know I don't think they've updated it in five years or so, and – I couldn't even install it on my computer because it was PC only and it was really outdated and just um, I was like, you know, there has to be a better way. So I, I called a friend that I've always wanted to work with. He's a really good programmer and we've been pushing, you know, being in the web development industry, we've been pushing different ideas over to each other as far as potential ideas to work with. And we never really found anything. And um, so I pushed him the idea of Deer Lab and said, here's, you know, kind of what I'm thinking. And uh, he loved the idea. And so we started and that was back in 2013. And at the end of 2013, September, October, right in the hunting season, we launched Deer Lab. And so that's kind of how how it all started. But I, I go back to my wife, you know, she... She really kind of was the one that kind of pushed me forward, even though I wanted to go in that direction. And so looking back, I would never think – I would have never thought that I would be doing Deer Lab right now six, seven years ago. Right, right. So, you know, as as you're starting this company and you're thinking about, you know, you know, obviously you have all these different thoughts and ideas running through your head and – you know, maybe not how you would particularly like the software to operate, but how you think hunters 
other other people would like the um, uh, the software to operate because in it, with my experience we have a, a group of you know software developers I work with them every day they they're so smart and technically above everybody else that if you try to talk with them they're like uh duh you, you know there's that Saturday Night Live skit where Jimmy <laughs> Fallon plays the the uh, the office uh, nerd and he knows how to fix all your computer problems yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how. What were some of those um, ideas and thoughts running through your head and how did it make this user-friendly? Well, um, that's a great question. You know, to, to really, a lot of the features that are in Deer Lab right now are actually from customers telling us, hey, we would really like to see this. Um, but the number one goal in, in developing this outside of something to really save time and to give insight into deer was trying to be as user friendly as possible. There's a ton of apps out there that they're confusing. And I really was targeting the guy that was 50, 60 years old that wasn't very computer literate. And I wanted him to be able to get in there and to be able to use it and not feel intimidated by the technology. So, um, as far as how we got our first things that was interesting. One of the first things that we did was a camera dashboard and it kind of tells you, all the activity that's going on at that camera. And to be honest, it's really not that helpful. And it was a kind of a learning curve that we took by doing that. We spent a lot of time developing it, but as I look back at it, it's, it's like I never go to it anymore. And yeah. so um, w- we started off very slow. It was a bootstrap company. It's just just you know our money in there. So we're not really advertising, at least back then we weren't. And we were just, you know, Initially, when we launched, it was a kind of a, a soft launch, a quiet launch, and and not many people. I was, you know, you see that commercial where they launch this product and the and it, it goes off the charts. Well, it definitely wasn't like that with Deer Lab. Not many people knew about us, and so there would be, you know, f- um, some people coming in and they would start using it and they say it'd be really nice if you could do this and this. And I would just ask a ton of questions of why would you want this and. And then again, you know, I'm doing a lot of research, I'm reading a ton of books, um, a, lot, a ton of resources about trail cameras and patterning bucks and what are, what are people doing to do that. And um, a lot of people were doing it with trail cameras. They just didn't – it was just very tedious to do it. And so that was one of the main things that we wanted to do is really simplify it all. There's, I don't want to give you stats – just to give you stats for the sake of stats. I want to give you really insightful information, and that's what we're trying to do with every feature that we do. Okay. So now let's let's talk about how this actually works, and then we'll kind of transition into and why it's beneficial for a hunter. Okay. Okay. Well, it's super simple. You basically just take your SD card from your cameras – um, you go into Deer Lab. Initially, you would create a property. So we give you a satellite map where you would create your property. You don't have to do boundary lines or anything like that. It's just a general location of of being able to identify where your trail cameras are. So you can drill down right into that tree that you have your trail camera and drop a pin of where it is. Once you identify your trail cameras, then that's when we basically can 
understand where you're located, and so we know which weather station to go after to pull in the weather data. So you take your SD card, you put it in your computer like normal if you're looking at photos, and you just um, select the camera that that SD card is from. You drag and drop your photos from your card into that camera um, on on Deer Lab. We upload the photos, and when we upload the photos, we're going out to your local weather station because we know the GPS location of where that trail camera is. And so we're just going to the local weather station. We connect to about 20,000 weather stations in the U.S. And as those photos are being uploaded, we are pulling in weather data for every single photo. Um, And then we're automatically organizing your photos by date. And uh, we give you tools to filter your photos. So you can say, just show me all my photos during daylight hours in the morning with this weather, um, you know, with the wind out of the northeast. Um, You can do a whole slew of different things as far as the filtering. But basically, it's that easy as far as getting into it. And, you know, we show you the photos and we have a photo gallery and you can do all sorts of different things like that. But really the power of Deer Lab is when you start to identify individual bucks within your herd, um, ones that you really want to track. We have different statuses. You can uh, have it on a, a watch list, a hit list, or a harvested list. And you go in and you just select all the photos that have, let's say, Big Daddy in it. You select those photos, and after you do that, you just name it Big Daddy. And once we know a name for a particular photo, we can start aggregating all of those photos together for Big Daddy and give you reports on him. So you're really just identifying what the deer are. I mean, it could be turkey. It could be whatever you want to do. But typically it's bucks. You identify them. You can give them different names. It could be Big Daddy. It could be Buck. If you want to see stats on your overall herd of bucks, you can do a lot of different things with it. But once you've identified that, then we basically create a profile for you for that particular buck. And so anytime you get photos of him and you name him Big Daddy, they automatically go into the same location. And so we are aggregating information as far as what times he's hitting specific cameras, what um, uh, cameras he's hitting, what the wind direction and wind speed is when when he's moving, when you're capturing photos of him. We give you a heat map of where he's located on your prof- property at specific times. Um, we give you the weather information and all that. Um, but, you know, one of the powerful things, too, is we don't do our stats off of every individual photo. We we take a kind of a, a look at a sighting as a 15-minute increment. So somebody might have a camera over a food plot, and you might have another camera over a trail. Well, the one on the trail is obviously going to give you a lot less photos than the one over a food plot. And so we try to basically base everything off of the 15-minute increments. So if he's in the food plot for 10 minutes eating on those beans – you might have a ton of pictures of them, but if he went by the trail, we, we might only have two pictures of them. And so it evens it out to one sighting for every 15 minutes. Okay. And, and that's based off of how close trail cameras are to each other? No, it's based off of time. So we look in a 15-minute increment and say how many sightings at this location um, – How many? we take all of the photos. So let's say – just for example purposes, 
let's say the camera over a food plot takes 100 pictures of them in a 10-minute period. We're only going to count that as one sighting. And so we base all of our stats off sightings, not off of photos. Okay. So sightings per trail camera? Um, exactly. So okay. if you look at his reports, we'll tell you, you know, we're basing these reports off of uh, 113 sightings, but you might have 900 pictures of him. Gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. I, I was just kind of, uh, you know, going over a something in my head where, you know, you got a trail camera in a pinch point, right? Buck walks by it, gets a picture taken. Then he, he shows up, he comes up out of this pinch point. He's in a food source for, you know, you know, he gets his picture taken. Then he drops down off the other side. Let's, you know, the idea is here he is cruising for does in this area. And, uh, so it's not, it doesn't show up as one occurrence for all three of those different trail cameras. It's one sighting per trail camera. Um, it would be one sighting in that 15-minute increment. So if he was in the food plot for 30 minutes, it would be two sightings. Okay. So what – because a deer can travel a long ways in 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, even even if he's just kind of walking or, you know, walking fast with his nose to the ground. Um, if it's if it's one sighting in 15 minutes and he's caught inside that three – inside that 15-minute window – on three different trail cameras, how's that? It would be work? three. It would be three sightings. Okay, so gotcha. Even yeah. even if we take just one picture of them, it's still going to be a sighting. But let's say he goes to um, one camera and he's there for one minute, and he goes over to another camera and it's there for another minute, and then he comes back over to the other camera and he's there for one minute. Well, that first camera we're going to count one sighting if it was all in fifteen minutes. Gotcha. But okay. um, yeah. You know, the thing, the reason why we do that is, you know, the cameras are going to operate differently depending on their location as far as the number of photos that they take. And also, you have different settings on your trail cameras. You might have one camera that is set up for high burst mode and another camera that's not. And so, just because it took three pictures of a, of a buck walking by doesn't mean that we're only going to count that as one sighting, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it evens it out. Um, there's others that kind of do... They don't do the same thing. They count all the photos, and to be honest, I, I really don't think those stats are accurate because if you're counting all of the photos of a particular buck and he's eating in a food plot for 30 minutes, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the most popular area that he's at. It's going to skew the data. Exactly. Yep. So we're trying to do we're trying to get away from skewing the data. Right. Okay. So. Naturally, my next question is, does this software work with all trail cameras? It does, yes. As long as it has a timestamp on the photo, and that's not on the photo on the outside, but on the inside. We take it from the EXIF data, which is like metadata within the photo. Um, And so pretty much everyone we've had... There's one trail camera I've talked to the manufacturer about. um, They basically put all of the uh, a plot watcher um they put all of the photos in kind of a video format and so they're they're basically changing the format of the photo and putting it into a video and we cannot work with that until they start putting the timestamps into the exif data like everybody else does got yeah now let's say you're like me 
and you're a dipshit and you forget to uh, put in the correct date and time of your trail <laughs> cameras. You know, uh, for example, I had one, the very first card pull, I was getting some pictures from 2013 is when I had it set for user error. Does your, can, can I, A, can I fix it if, if uh, it's an error or does the, you know, is Deer Lab smart enough to know, okay, this picture wasn't taken in, in 2013? Um, you can fix it right now. You can fix it on individual photos so you can change the timestamp. Um, we actually are working on making it to where you can mass edit photos and change the times to whatever you want. Um, but I've done that many times. It's a frustration. I think everybody from, you know, daylight savings times to, to you name it, whatever, you know, a camera malfunctioning or whatever, so that's definitely something that we um, want to make a lot easier to do. Right now, you can do it on individual photos. Okay. Okay. So, as um, you know, as I'm starting to get these pictures that you know that come in, and um, is it is this is this a, a software that is meant to be used instantly, or is this kind of a the more data you put in over the years, you're going to be able to have better results because you'll, you know, over a, a longer period of time worth of data. I don't think it. you have to, I do think the more pictures you put in, the better data you're going to have. And especially when you have historic information from last year, that's going to be really helpful if you are patterning a specific buck. If you're waiting to harvest that buck at a particular year and you've already been following them, you can put in all of your old photos in the deer lab. We're going to go back to the time stamp and look at the weather way back when. So, I mean, we can go back up to 60 years. Obviously, nobody has trail cameras 60 years old, but we can go back and pull in that weather data for those older photos. Um, and when you do that, it's going to give you a lot more information for this year about how to hunt that particular buck. Um, one of the features that we have is the heat map portion of it. And you can drill down, drill down onto time frames. And so what we do is we give you a satellite view of your, of your property. You see where all your trail cameras are, and then you're looking at the data for a particular buck. And so you can see where he was at particular times of the year. And you can drill it down and say, okay, what did he do the first week of October last year? And it will tell you what cameras he was at. And, you know, all the research that I've done, I've and just seeing it from our property too, if you have pictures of him at a particular camera, say October 1st of last year, he's probably really close to that area the next following year. Gotcha. I mean, so, it's almost, it's crazy. It's almost down to the day. I mean, right. you go two, three days before or after and he's typically right there. Right, and there's a lot of guys believe that believe in that annual pattern for uh, for deer, and uh, I've seen in some of my trail cameras as well that uh, that's uh, something that a lot more hunters need to look in look into. Yeah. So you know, as this data starts coming in, and you're able to start seeing, hey, I got this, I got this area here. 
uh, it's it's red or it's orange, it's hot. I you know I, it's October first or it's October second. So I got a picture two years of, in a row of a deer on this location. You, you know, on October first and second, and it's October first or second this year. How how should we use this data that we are gathering? Well, I think it helps you in a lot of different ways. Um, one, you have a, a good idea of where that buck is, um, how you are to hang your stands, where you're supposed to hang your stands. It gives you a better idea. I mean, Deer Lab is, I will definitely say Deer Lab is not the tool that we guarantee success, but we're just giving you a little bit more information to go off to where you're not second guessing yourself as much, at least from my standpoint. I second guess myself a lot. And so having that data behind there to kind of say, okay, this is what it's saying. So what, you know, how do I take that data and, and use it? And so, um, you know, to, to be able to have that information of knowing where that buck is last year and knowing that there's a great chance of him being there, to me, that's pretty exciting. It gives, gets me a lot more excited about the hunting season because I know that, hey, I, I have a probably a higher chance of being able to go after that, that buck from this data. Um, so I would say that that's definitely one of the points that, that heat map and the statistics that we give, you know, obviously you still have to hunt, you still have to shoot, you have to you know, be in the right place at the right time. We're just, just trying to tell you, give you more data to go off of instead of just looking at individual photos. A lot of people just look at their individual photos, they put them in folders and they say, that's a great buck. I really want to get them. But they don't really get the insight as far as putting it together as an aggregate and going, okay, where is this deer, where is this buck really moving on the property, you know, at particular times? Okay. So let's say I'm a hunter, but, um, and I, you know, I want to kill a buck, but I'm not interested in a specific buck. How can, how can I use this software? Well, you know, we have a lot of people that share their accounts with um, a larger property, so everybody's on the same page. Um, one of the things that it's really helped me with another friend in hunting, we would share responsibilities for um, trail cameras. So, you know, our, our property is about 40 minutes away from where I live, and so we'd drive out there, he or I would drive out there, check trail cameras, we'd come back home, we'd have our SD cars SD cards on our desk and we would like I would text him like good pictures of 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 what we've gotten but I wouldn't necessarily always share the SD cards with him and the same way he would have it over at his house and I I would be wondering okay what else did you see well now we share the responsibility whoever has the cards to just go log into Deer Lab and then upload the photos so everybody can be on the same page. We have a lot of people doing that, a lot of co-ops, like QDMA co-op type stuff to where um, we have different tools to where you can share photos without sharing your camera locations and data behind them. So we have really easy tools that kind of create websites of particular tagged deer that you have. Um, it can be used as a just as an online storage of all your uh, photos instead of filling up your uh, computer with photos it's a great way to kind of be able to access your photos either on your computer at home or at work or in your truck or whatever um, you can you can access that so there's a number of things but I would say that 
it's probably geared to the guy that really wants to track individual bucks. Um, I mean, we have people that are using it for a whole slew of things. And we have one guy that's tracking gators on it in Florida. He's an outfitter in Florida. I never even knew that you could do that. Um, we have people that are using trail, uh, camera traps for research down in Colombia, New Zealand, Australia, I mean, all over the place. Um, so people use it in different ways, but I would say we're really geared towards um, the the crazy hunter like you and I yeah. <laughs> who are just passionate about trail cameras and big bucks. Right. So what else does, you know, before I, you know, download this or sign up for, uh, you know, sign up for your, your website, how do, I guess my question is, Okay, I'm going to switch it up again because I I actually just forgot what I was going to ask you. Okay. But <laughs> but, uh, but is this also a mobile app? I mean, can it go to your phone? So let's say you're sitting in your truck and you can you know flip through, make a decision from the field and not from a, a desktop. You can if um, we are we don't have a dedicated um, iPhone app or Android app for it. It's just a web based app, so you just. Log in, just go to a browser on your phone, log into Deer Lab. It's all responsive, so it changes by the screen size. And so you can look at all your photos, you can look at stats, different things like that. Um, but you would just need a cell coverage to be able to access that. Okay. And then can I upload pictures to uh, Deer Lab from my phone? That's a great, great question. We block that, and there's a reason behind blocking it. I really wish we could, um, but iPhones or Apple products, um, a lot of mobile devices, they block – well, I take that back. They don't block the ability to do that, but they change the timestamps within your trail camera photos. That exit oh, data that okay. I was talking talking about, when you upload a photo from a phone or an I, iPad – it will take the timestamp and it will change it from the time that it was taken to the time that it was uploaded. Okay. And so that would skew all the results if we allowed you to do that. Um, a lot of major players like the Flickers of the world yeah. are, are really trying to get these companies to stop doing that. Apple products allow you to do that without changing the ex- exit data. But any third party using that from an Apple will not – they change it. And I personally think it's kind of like a proprietary type thing. They want to make people use their own software instead of using out um, third parties. But um, I really don't see it as a security issue, but that's what they kind of go off of. Right. Okay. All right. So now here's the question that I was going to ask before I had a brain (coughs) fart, but uh, all right. The temperature, you know, the temperature is that I'm looking at the weather channel. The temperature is, 40 degrees, it's a northwest wind, and it's maybe an evening hunt. Can I drill down by that and have Deer Lab tell me where I would have the highest success rate? What what uh, stand loca- or where what trail camera is going to have the highest success rate? We give you um, you first. You can filter your photos however you want. So you could take all that information and put that into the filter, and we would give you all of the pictures that were taken off of those results. Um, So you can do that as far as predicting what trail camera 
you're to do, we can tell you, okay, on this camera between these dates and this wind, this is the trail camera that you need to go to. Um, or the location. Yeah, we can definitely do that. You can, all of the stats that we give you, you can drill down by date range as well as by camera. Initially, we give you stats that include all of the trail cameras that you have, but you can get nitty gritty if you want to and really starting to drill it down to see, okay, I have this weather information, you know, the wind's coming out of the Northwest. What stands have more activity out of the Northwest. And we can definitely give you that. Perfect. Perfect. So what are some other things that, uh, you know, before someone signs up for one of your, uh, your trials or whatever, what's some more information that, uh, you think we need to know about deer lab? I think we've covered most of it. Um, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit about albums. Um, a lot of like outfitters are using that to share photos with people coming in, um, to their camp without showing where their cameras are or giving all the stats about a particular buck. Um, we have, you know, you can use it as just a management tool of just all your photos if you wanted to. But, you know, like I said, our real kind of bread and butter is in the profiles for individual bucks. We're working on a, um, a number of other items. We're actually working right now on more profile reports for individual bucks. Um, getting a little bit more into the weather and predictions. Um, so there's a whole slew of things. One of the things that we love to hear is feedback from customers, and a lot of our features are based off of customer feedback. Um, but really, our, we are completely centered around trail cameras. How can we make your job easier being at, for the people that love trail cameras and have a lot of trail cameras how can we make your job easier and that's what our focus is we're not trying to do everything under the sun and be that hunting app for everything our focus is really on the trail camera so if you do have a lot of trail cameras and when i say a lot of trail cameras i would say that the guys that have two or three trail cameras deer labs probably not the best tool to really pattern individual bucks if you only have two to three. Now, we do have features in there to where you can turn on and off cameras. So if you're moving cameras around to different locations, um, that can be helpful. Um, so, But I would say anybody that has four or five or more cameras or camera locations, um, that, that that's probably the, the audience that we're really gearing this tool for. Okay. Well... I think uh, this is some interesting stuff, and uh, you know, one of the benefits of being the host of the podcast is that I get uh, a free trial that you offered me, and I'm, I can't wait to play around with it. I apologize; I haven't had, it, I didn't get a chance to do it before this podcast, but um, I, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing uh, sharing the story of Deer Lab. Well, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate um, you having me. And there you have it, another week of badass podcasts in the books. Uh, I want to thank John for coming on the show, taking time to talk about Deer Lab and uh, providing us with uh, something to give away on the podcast. And uh, here's here's what you need to do to win. If you want to win this one year subscription to Deer Lab, all you have to do is share the Facebook post on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page that mentions this podcast, then you need to go to Deer Labs Facebook page 
and there will be a link. Uh, I'll have it uh, tagged in that uh, Facebook post. All you got to do is click on it. Go to Deer Lab's Facebook page. You have to like it and uh, leave a comment that says, Nine Fingers Sent Me. And uh, you do those three things, pretty easy peasy, and uh, you'll be entered to win. And then I'll pick a, I'll pick a, a winner for next week sometime. And uh, yeah, so it's pretty simple. Share the Facebook page. Uh, God, I can I can barely talk. I'm so jacked up. Share the Facebook page that mentions this podcast on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page. Then go to Deer Lab, like that page, and leave a comment that says Nine Finger sent me. And that's how that's how you enter. Um, next week, Wednesday, is going to be the it's gonna be a big show. It's my 100th episode, and uh, we're going to be chatting with the guys from Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, it's going to be a BS session, basically just talking about uh, past seasons. We're going to talk maybe a little bit more about their trail cameras. We're also going to talk about uh, this upcoming season and uh, maybe some of the hunts that they're excited to take and uh, that I'm excited to take. And uh, and we're also going to be giving away a ton of of prizes. So, uh, I'm, I think there's 15 different companies who are, uh, going to be taking part of this. And we're talking some high dollar items like, uh, an Ozonics, uh, binoculars, uh, HHA, uh, is going to give away another one of their Kingpin sites. So those are some uh, pretty high dollar items that, uh, you know, people may not buy uh, simply because of price, but uh, you're going to have your chance to win them here on this uh, podcast on the 100th episode. So be sure to tune in for that. Now, uh, other than that, thank you to each and every one of you for uh, tuning in and uh, following along. Uh, if you haven't already, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, go sign up for an Instagram account right now if you don't have one because. Not just to not just to follow me, but there is so much, you know, cool pictures to look at from you know the guys who are chasing sheep up in the high mountains. I just love flipping through my Instagram account and uh, you know seeing these high altitude pictures of these guys who are on the top of the world chasing these uh, animals that are pretty hard to uh, pretty hard to kill, as well as you know your next door neighbor and what deer they're uh, chasing. So. Uh, Instagram is pretty fun. Uh, leave a review on iTunes and um, be sure to check out 2% for Conservation. Also, a huge shout out to Exodus, the guys at Exodus. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking with them on the uh, 100th episode of the uh, of the podcast here. And if you're in a tree this weekend setting up trail cameras, why would you be in a tree setting up trail cameras? Well, unless you're setting them pretty high off the ground. Anyway, if you are, I'm, I'm losing my mind slowly as this podcast wind down. But if you're setting up tree stands or trimming shooting lanes and you're in a tree this weekend, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend.